Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Uh, yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends. And you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We missed you. <laughs> You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we've been, you know, we missed you, you know, talking sports with friends, Ray and Tay today, we're here, give us a call, 718-664-9098, and um, hey, had to to take a family medical leave, young fellow Jackson, one of my twins has been sick, but he's on a road to recovery, so I just want to say thank you to friends and family and everybody who's been uh, sending out the love, it's been a busy weekend. We got some Oscars to talk about. We got NFL Combine. We got college hoops. And we have the NBA with Mr. Stephen Curry. So join us, like always, RayandTayToday.com. Your emails to RayandTayToday at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And a little off the field fun first. Ray, did you start looking for Girl Scout cookies for your young daughter? Now, I've been doing the Boy Scout mm-hmm. cookies, but you better start to get ready. Your daughter's young, but it's coming. Chris Rock had the whole Oscars getting Girl Scout cookies for his daughters. I love it. Great show. You know, Oscars always get a little too long and run, get a little boring. Chris Rock was funny and witty and, you know, sort of commented on diversity a lot and this and that. But I think the overall thing for me, I don't know if I want to see Mad Max, but maybe I should. Who really cares? But Leonardo DiCaprio, one of our finest actors who was, what, 0 for 6, finally gets it done and wins Best Actor, Spotlight Gets Best Picture. Were you, was it just an automatic that he was going to win in your mind? And what were your overall thoughts of the night? So The Revenant, which I have to admit I haven't seen, but everybody's been talking about it, and it looks to be this intense, intense movie. I thought they'd sweep the whole top tier. So best director, best performer. Well, they got director. He's great, too. They got director. Yeah, he's got back-to-back best director. Alejandro, baby. How crazy is that? So good for him. So back-to-back best directors, and I thought they'd do the whole thing. Spotlight, which I did see, it's actually a really good movie. I just don't know that it's one of those Oscar winners that you'll remember for years and years to come. I mean, obviously the topic is something that you'll the never forget. The topic you'll remember, but I know what you mean, the feel of the movie. I think if we're both being honest, we spoke about this off air, it wasn't a great 
even though every year they say, oh, great year in film, it wasn't a great year in film. There were some good movies. I think movies get come out at a certain time, so they get considered for the Oscars. And sometimes it's almost just because they're coming out at that time they get considered. I don't know if they're always all really worthy or good. I hate that certain films will come out different times of the year, whether it's summer or even, you know, like early spring or late, you know, whatever, and they don't get considered. It's like you need to come out after Halloween and, you know, right around the new year to be, excuse me, in the Oscar conversation. And I don't think that that's always just. So for me, I, I got to be honest, I, I didn't, I like Spotlight a lot. I thought Brie Lawson was incredible for Room. Did you, uh, what'd you think about The Big Short? Look, I thought it was a fun, entertaining movie. It's a very complicated subject that mm-hmm. they delivered in a relatively easy to understand way. So good for them. Um, again, should it have blown people away? I mean, Everybody thought when Trumbo was coming out that it would be the big thing. I don't think people thought the big short would win a ton. I mean, they thought it would be a popular movie, especially because Michael Lewis has written so many interesting books about society and about how people react and act in certain situations, Moneyball and Liar's Poker and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other you know, great, uh, interesting reads. So I thought it got pretty much what everybody thought, I, you know, the the Revenant, and like you said, Mad Max. I mean, you, you figured they'd win for production stuff, like special effects. beat out Star Wars for a lot of the stuff, too, and Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, but, yeah, you thought Star, Star Wars. Wars and Mad Max would maybe fight it out, but Mad Max coming home with six, and like we said, that's a remake. We saw Mad Max 30 years ago. Is and it, the original is really? was amazing. Yeah, so if I go is it and, really? If I go and rent this, Ray, and it's not good. I'm ready to swing on people. You know what I mean? Because the first one was great. Exactly. Were you disappointed well, that Stallone didn't win for Creed? Best Supporting Actor? Well, he did win the SAG, right? And he, no, I think Globes. he won the Golden Globes. Golden Globes, yep. To me, that felt a little bit like a Lifetime Achievement type of award, almost like voting in Kobe to his 18th All-Star game to bring him back to sports. Um so well, I, I don't Creed. know. I mean, I, and honestly, not only did people love Creed, Ray, people thought Michael B. Jordan should have been nominated. Okay. No. I didn't, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Like you said, in general, it was a little bit of a soft year. The only one I was pretty sure about that really did come true, I mean, I thought The Revenant would sweep, but, but The Revenant... Leonardo DiCaprio was pretty much a sure thing uh, yeah, this year. You know, yeah. his best, uh, you know, actor in a leading role. He's the Steph Curry right now, if you want to use that basketball analogy. He's the Steph of the acting world. He's well, on top I think, of his game, and he's the main man. I think that's the perfect segue. We'll say goodbye to the, you know, the entertainment. A couple of the news and notes off the field, but let's go to the NBA and you took us there perfectly with your smooth crossover transition. And what I saw last week was 42 points from Steph Curry against the Heat in a great comeback, 51 points in a, just an annihilation with what he got done against the Orlando Magic, and then against OKC in overtime, 46 points. 
I think Curry, and oh, by the way, that 42 was 42-7-7. and I mean, listen, I don't care what Oscar says, what anybody says. We know this is a different era. We know the, 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 the three-point shot. Listen, last week he made, what, more three-point shots than Jordan made in one year, 33 shots from the three-point land. So people just take them more, you know what I mean? But I don't, you know, this guy, he – He's incredible. And Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, who, you know, we all respect, the Hall of Fame point guard, one of the best ever, if not the best, pure point guard, said, Steph Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen. And we just have to, we have to come to this point. He's the best shooter ever, and he could play in any era. I don't see why that would even be a debate for Kareem or Oscar or any other legend at this point. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a little bit of jealousy, and it's a little bit that. of hate. Uh, okay. But there is a little bit of truth to the fact that, and maybe these guys aren't jealous of Steph as much as they are Media jealous of how easy it is, right, or, or, and how hard it was sense. for them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? These guys sense. got banged up. These guys got elbowed in the throat and, and you know, <laughs> hip oh, especially Isaiah. and body checked, and Isaiah had – 42 stitches when Carl Malone lit him up. <laughs> so, you know, these guys, and I don't think it's personal. I just think that they wish they played in this era, right? <laughs> Any of these guys that have offensive skills that rival Steph's, and obviously Oscar could score. I mean, average a triple-double one year. And Isaiah Thomas Can you imagine Iverson lead. right now playing? Oh, Iverson was God. 40 a game. You couldn't touch him, yeah. 40 a game, right? But <laughs> this kid, I mean, they made a comparison to Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Ah. Boy, Chris, the former, you know, formerly known as Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson? That's what his mama so, named him. <laughs> yeah, so Steph is really in a league of his own right now. And historically, he, like you said, he's, the, he's probably the best shooter we've ever seen in terms of his ability to create his own shot, his ability to shoot off the dribble, his ability to sh- come off screen. So you try to, like Magic, remember when Magic in the beginning of his career when Lakers were winning all those games, well, you know what, in 80, what was that, 84, the Celtics were like, all right, let's just, let's just rough him up and get the ball out of his hands. Well, first of all, you can't do that to Steph in, you know, in this era. But also, Steph can play without the ball. You know what? No problem. You want to play without the ball? No problem. And Steph's fantastic with the ball in his hands. And at the end of that game, the San Antonio, the uh, sorry, the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma City game, he just pulled up from 28 as if it was no problem. No, you were it telling does. me that I missed it. I was watching Finding Nemo, but you were giving me the update. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. That's a family man, right there, being a yeah, father to a child. That's that's impressive, man. You 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 know. Let me ask you this: at any point in that game. And the comeback that they made, did you really think OKC would beat them? No, uh, 100%. It's the other way around. I thought the whole game OKC was going to win. The okay. OKC jumped on them early. They mm-hmm. were up early. They right. lost a four-point lead with 14 seconds to go. So they crumbled a little bit. But quickly, they got out to a five-point lead in overtime. But then right. Durant fouled out. And then they they would just they couldn't pull away, and then Steph hit that big three, and and it was history. But I tell you what, Oklahoma City 
got a lot of confidence out of that game. Ibaka so. was big with his 20 rebounds. They had six players. They had a players. couple guys in double figures, right? They had yeah. like three guys besides the big three in double figures. Right. So they had six total players scored 14 or more. Okay. So they had a lot to be encouraged about. Now, you want to win the game. You play to win, to win the, game. the game. But these two teams might just find each other in the second round, right, if OKC is fourth. And well, right now they're third. I think they're probably going to third, right. So they'll, if they're fourth, if they're third, they can only meet in the third round. And if they're fourth, they'll meet in the second round. But bottom line is OKC can give them trouble because Russell Westbrook can take it to Steph and Clay and, and get them in foul trouble, make them defend. And Kevin Durant is just as explosive and just as good a scorer and just as much of a matchup nightmare as Steph Curry. He does it in a different way, but he's just as hard to guard. So yeah. this team played very, very well and should have won. You know, the, the Oklahoma City only had the lead twice in the game. In 53 minutes, I think they may have led – for two minutes. Do you realize right now, with whatever games are left, 26, 25, 28 games for some teams, the Warriors have already clinched the playoffs? They have. Not only that, but Steph Curry broke his record for threes in a game, <laughs> and they still have 21 more games to play. Three's so he season. looks like he's hitting five threes a game. So he's going to set break and set a new NBA record that's a hundred threes more than he had last year, unless he it's, gets hurt. But it's and, and, and by well, the way, he his ankle in that game. I saw that. If you look, yeah, he, he did, ankle. and he came back. And he by came the way, back no problem. <laughs> no, no problem. He's not playing most fourth quarters. Oh, I know. He's missed. They said he's missed like sixteen fourth quarters. That's amazing. <laughs> and still leads the league in scoring, right? So, look, let's let's speed it up a little bit with the NBA real quick, right? A couple quick comments. It could be interesting to see the Rockets if they ever, you know, wake up a little bit to be the eighth seed, right? That could be a strong potential eighth seed to play against the Warriors. The Blazers at the seven, you've got to believe that their coach, uh, Terry Stotts, needs to get some votes for coach of the year. Nobody in their world and their mama thought that the Blazers losing four starters right, to free agency and trades and all that, would be in, in this position. And then I want to ask this to you, bouncing back to the East. How impressed are you with the Celtics? And are you concerned about the Cavs where, you know, they, obviously LeBron was out and they're, you know, losing ground to um, Toronto. Toronto. And does Joe Johnson help the Heat, or is it too late without Bosch? So Joe Johnson helps the Heat, but it's too late without Bosch to contend. Hassan Whiteside is not the offensive threat that Chris Bosch is. And when they were all healthy, we thought they had a chance to challenge, you know, Chicago and Cleveland in the beginning of the And they would have with Joe Johnson and Bosch. Woo! Yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> but uh, you know, without Bosch, they, they don't have a chance. Just because Bosch gives them that unique talent that oh, he's can yeah. score, he's can rebound, and of course the championship pedigree. 
So if you're the Cavs, you're only two games ahead of Toronto. And if Toronto were to get the number one seed in the conference, I'm not saying they'd beat the Cavs, but you know what? The Cavs. I don't believe in Toronto. They need more people. I don't believe them. Yeah, I hear you in the playoffs, but I'm just saying the psychological impact, right? If Cleveland can't even get home court advantage, how are they going to go up and win against Golden State, San Antonio, or Oklahoma City? Were you surprised that Joe Johnson didn't go to Cleveland? You know what? I'm hearing rumblings, and uh, a couple people on ESPN talked about this a little bit, that Kyrie Irving's not that happy. And, you know, maybe a guy like Joe Johnson at the end of his career, certainly at the twilight, um, he can still play because he can still shoot, right? And he's tall, and and he's always got that offensive, you know, I can create my own shot type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if people love playing with LeBron. And maybe Tyron Lue is a question mark, right? Maybe he needs another year or two. So I don't know if Cleveland is going to get the Joe Johnson type to come to Cleveland. I'm just putting it out there. I don't know. Would you be really disappointed if the Washington Wizards didn't make the playoffs? Very. I mean, this is a team that we kept talking about. Bradley Beal and John Wall is the new backcourt. We love Nene, Martin Gortat, Otto Porter Jr. Looked like 28 and 30 is not looking that jig of the genius. No. And how about the Hornets? The team that you still need to rock their jersey. Uh, yes. From the Bobcats days, it's they're thirty and twenty-eight. Jefferson's back. They've moved up to the seventh seed, and lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, the Pistons, the Wizards are out. You know, we don't want to even talk about how far the Knicks have fallen down to what nine, ten, the twelfth seed. Just a mess. But um, Brad Stevens, Ray, Coach of the Year, he, he can battle the Portland coach. Pacers too. Right? And Nobody yes. really expected much out of the Pacers. Listen, Monte uh, Ellis has no. played well with George and Miles yeah. Turner. I like them. Boston Celtics, what? number three seed. What do you think about that? How about them, Listen, You know, you always say who's on that roster, and I tell you it's just a bunch of guys who they're all scrappy. They're all efficient at what they do. They're good for fantasy basketball. And for some reason, because of their speed and length defensively, they're hard to beat. They're just all over the court. And they play team ball. It's great coach. This is, this is what great coaching can do in the NBA. And, I, and, and don't nice. they have the Nets number one from that trade with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Terry? Uh, can I tell Jason you in this draft, the Celtics and Nets combined, I think, have like 10 to 11 picks. First and second round combined. It's, it's like ridiculous, like six and five. The Celtics have a ton of picks, right? Three first rounders. The Phillies got three and three. Celtics have three and two. It, it's going to be, it's crazy, but will any of them turn into a franchise player or the Celtics always cap out at the third seed? They, they need someone to be well, special, that's where, right? That's where the roster issue bothers you the a little bit. The dilemma comes in, yeah. Yeah, if you're trying to win a championship. I mean, at best, Boston is the poor man's Atlanta of last year, which, you know, a team that won 60 games, but nobody penciled them anywhere close to the NBA Finals. 
No, it, it's true. You, you know, need stars in this in this game. Unfortunately, for these, you know, rebuilding teams, you need to find a way to get your Kobe or get your Duncan or to get your Shaq or to get your whoever. You need stars. No, you want to win? Talking about getting somebody, I'd like to see the Pelicans, Ray, and they won't make the playoffs. But with Anthony Davis and the young, I'd like to see them get that first or second pick, and maybe be able to get a Ingram or a Simmons to go with Anthony Davis or oh, even a Chris boy. Dunn, a real point guard in oh, Chris boy. Dunn. That would be a treat and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I thought I thought Drew Holiday, Nerlens Noel trade would have been interesting. You solidify yourself with a Drew Holiday. Guard. Oh, and him and Gordon. Player, but he's never gotten he's better. I, I never liked Gordon, I, Eric Gordon. No, I, I had that one. He had that one year at Indiana. By the way, Indiana, give them props. We'll talk college in a sec. But oh, yeah. I just don't like Eric Gordon's game. I mean, I, I think he's a nice off-the-bench, you know, kind of the poor man's Vinnie Johnson. Uh, but he's not a guy you're building your franchise around. Just too inconsistent, too one-dimensional. Uh, but you know what? Anthony Davis, like we said last year, we said, oh, shouldn't they, if they were in the lottery, wouldn't that be special? Well, hey, they're going to get – a decent pick, and then if they could get a free agent, I mean, why not go down to New Orleans, play with AD? Seems like a fun player to play with, go up and down, and, you know, they want to open up the offense now. Maybe they well, you get that marquee they could get Maybe they get, you know, maybe they don't want him, but maybe they could get a Ronda. Look, with all with each team getting $20 million this year and then 20 next year, players are going to have to go somewhere, and to me, I'd go play with Anthony Davis and then throw in a Chris Dunn, Simmons, or Ingram. They're going to get a top, the way the records are looking, a top six or seven pick. They, the, you know, they have potential to be, you know, really dangerous next year. It's unfortunate how this season started for them. And, um, look, the NBA is on fire. And along with, let's not forget, along with what Steph is doing, and they're 53 and 5, Draymond, he said, I'm not a robot. This guy is the unsung hero, the glue, the leader of the team, Michigan State, Tom Izzo leader type guy. We'll talk about him in a second. And, and Clay Thompson is just one of the most underrated uh, stars in, in the NBA because he really plays great defense. And he doesn't always need his touches and shots, and he heats up so fast. Before you know it, he has the quietest 26 points in a game, Ray. And you're like, hey. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Like, I listen. I've I've wanted other teams to beat the Warriors, but I'm almost at the point where I just don't even know if OKC or Cleveland could do it. It might just be a two peat, and they try to go for three. And everybody next summer is trying to figure out how they can stop them. And oh, by the way, don't let them get Kevin Durant because then they'll win four or five in a row. Period. I. You know what? I don't even know. This is how good <laughs> they are. I don't even know what they need. Because I mean, obviously anything. everybody gets better with Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, Kevin Durant to any yeah. team, they get better. But if you said to me, short of Kevin Durant, short of mm-hmm. getting like a top two or three player on your team, what would they need to make them better? I don't know, a backup point guard maybe if Steph gets hurt. Um, uh, size up front because Andrew Bogut can only give you 25, 30 minutes a game. I mean, they, they have Festival Zeli, they have Verizon. And they got Verizon now? A, a banger at the four, well, you know, I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a different style. They don't play that really, style. They don't They don't anything. play that. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, they all 
chip in at the three, four, you know. You know at that's, some point, let me key. ask you this. At some point, can other teams just be willing to be like the Spurs, who, by the way, are, what, 50 and, and, and nine behind a 53 and, and, and five team? You know, can, can other teams just say, wow, why don't I cut and share the ball and make the extra pass, the third pass, the hockey assist? you know, and, 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 and maybe win like them. The only other person that does it is the Hawks. If the other teams tried it, you know, Portland is kind of doing it. But, I mean, if other teams tried it, Ray, they might actually win some freaking games, don't you think? Yeah, the only thing is... You can't always you isolate to... and pick and roll all day. You just can't. No, but you have to retrain your brain. You know what I mean? You have to find a coach. Cypress Hill, insane in the membrane. <laughs> retrain in the, the membrane. You have to retrain your brain. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you have to retrain the coaching staff. You have to find 15 players that want to play that way. And it's not that easy. You can't turn on a switch and say, okay, let's play unselfish movement San Antonio style basketball. I mean, I'm not even saying play Golden State basketball because that's that's unique. I mean, you you need a unique skill set of of people and and of talents, and you need to be able to shoot the ball extremely well. You need interchangeable pieces. You need to be able people that can play offense and defense. Like you don't find Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and let alone Steph Curry much. You know, uh, easily. I mean, you can find an Iguodala, you can find a Harrison Barnes, yeah. but those three. Thompson, Green, and Curry, you can't find them. You can't find one, let alone three of them. Well, let's segue and find our top 25, our top 10, and our future Final Four. Kansas, ladies and gentlemen, are the new number one this year with 63 votes of AP. How about Michigan State at number two? And do I smell Izzo near the, in, in the Final Four again? Yeah, that guy just lives there. Okay, but then Valentine, Valentine, number two. Villanova drops down to three with an interesting week, losing to Xavier. Virginia at four, who beat our Tar Heels. Xavier, they split the weekend, beating you know Villanova and then losing to Seton Hall, who might have gave Seton Hall off the bubble to get in the tournament. Oklahoma six, the U, Ray, the U in college it's basketball. all about the U. They haven't been this good since when they had Shane Larkin. So they're number seven. Our Tar Heels are eight. ACC basketball is looking good. The Pac-12 has got somebody to stand up, and it's Oregon Ducks at number nine. West Virginia, and we know Bobby Huggins, been around forever and a day, just keeps coach. He's a great coach. I've got to believe he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame for college or whatever, but if he's not, he needs to be in there. Bobby Huggins is just a legendary coach at number 10. And then i got to go further because this is fascinating to me. Louisville at 11, you have Indiana, who you mentioned earlier, at 12, moving on up the east side. And to me, is that – I mean, I just want to pause there for a second. Is that too high? Like, what, what do you – I don't no, know. they've had a great season. I mean, are they the 12th best team in the country? Arguable, because they play that style of basketball where they'll be one and done – or they'll go deep. They're like the Duke teams from, you know, 06 to 14 before they got some big men. They won a national championship, obviously, with one of those teams, and then they ended up winning a second one with a more traditional, you know, Okafor and and, uh, 
and and Tyus um and that uh what's his name the the point guard Jones Ty Jones yeah so to me Indiana's had a great season and they're a dangerous team but look at that 10 to 15 though and look but at that's... where the Big 10 is representing right Louisville Indiana, Utah, Maryland, and Purdue, right? So you've got Indiana, Maryland. All season. They beat my Terps this weekend. They're a good team, Ray. Right, and then then right behind them, Iowa. So you've got four teams out of the next five, so from 12 to 16. Don't sleep. Ohio State might make the tournament. I told you Big Ten and Big 12 could each get seven. And Wisconsin could get it. Dude it's funny in, in the season. That was a bad in a season where that. Xavier has been messing around at the top of the rankings, and you know Utah, and I mean I guess they're in the Pac-12 now, but historically they were you know a mid-major. Um, Arizona had a bad loss this weekend. Yeah, SMU was the last team, last major really to go deep and go undefeated. You might have. Big conferences dominate Selection Sunday. Like you said, seven. Well, Texas seven, is 23. Six. They had a nice win over Oklahoma. Listen, Shaka is going to get this team to a Sweet 16. I'm just letting you know that now because they, they play ball. That Cal team at 25 is dangerous. I've seen them play. Kentucky, yeah, yeah they lost a But Kentucky, is, 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 if you have Jamal Murray scoring in the 30s and the way Ulysses has played all year – you better watch out because Kentucky is explosive and they're very guard, you know, one, two, and three, you know, not so great on the inside, but one, two, and three, which is what you need in the tournament. Kentucky could be one of those teams you have to watch out for too. And I'm going to tell you, I said this all year that it could go 16 deep for a championship. And here you go. 14 Maryland, 15 Purdue, my Terps at 14, we should be a one or a two seed. If we if we if Tremble is a hundred percent, which he's been hurt for the last couple of weeks, and we and we don't, you know, and we don't and we start to actually you know, don't give up the offensive rebounds and defensively rebound, because we have the size to do it, Maryland to me is a final fourteen. So Well, I, I thought so a couple of weeks ago. They haven't been playing well, but I what I will say this is as it stands right now, if Maryland drops to a four seed Five seed. I mean, oh, we're dangerous. That's a tough matchup for a number one seed. You know what I mean? You're thinking oh, number yeah. one seed. That that that's a really good number four. It would so, be brutal. They don't yeah, listen. We're going to go to Indiana this weekend and beat them. You heard it here first. All right. Know? There's no reason Indiana should be ranked ahead of you. You're a better team than Indiana, but right now it's 12 versus 14. Yeah. No. Listen. This is going to be a great. This is um. What? This is the last week before conference conference play. The conference yeah. tournaments start, um, what, March 10th, 9th, and 10th? Or the well, 7th the big ones, Monday. yeah. The big ones. The big conferences. Big conferences, yeah. So, listen, this is um, this is what it's all about. I got to love it. North Carolina's playing right now. I think they're up on Syracuse. And we have Duke, North Carolina on uh, – Last Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Coming up this Sunday, so this is going to be a great week. It's going to be exciting. Tons of uh, college hoops. It's getting it's getting really good. Yeah, so the game went final. So Carolina actually 
survived. Seventy-five, seventy. Oh, come back. Syracuse. Yeah. Well, Syracuse is hanging with them all game, and uh, they ended up winning seventy-five, seventy. So Carolina took care of business. Syracuse really needed this game. They're probably going to make the tournament anyway. But if they won against Syri- uh, against North Carolina in Carolina, that would have been definitely a, a feather in their cap. I think they need one more decent win this week. I, I don't know the next game is. On the, the tournament. So they win one or two in the ACC tournament. They should be all right. You know how Beheim always schedules cupcakes. Well, he's 19 and 11. They lost Beheim obviously, for the first nine games of the season. So up and down, not the Syracuse we're used to, not dominating the boards. But they have some kids team. on the team, right? Cooley and then uh, Coleman. I mean, they've got some guys and the rook and the freshman. They, they, they have a decent squad. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see a good Syracuse showing in March. I mean, it's always good to see the orange, the orange unis. Too bad Georgetown. That Butler beat them this weekend, and that was the game went back and forth. But I, I gotta say, Georgetown is really they're they're under underachieving this year, and they're not gonna make the tournament. And it's kind of sad because you'd love to see some of these traditional teams that we know and love in the tournament, and Georgetown, St. John's won't make it. So that's a little disappointing, you know. Providence, listen, Pro, the way Providence has been losing lately, they might wind them mess around and be on the bubble, Ray. Oh, boy. You know? Yeah, and I want to see Chris Dunn go up against a bunch of good competition. So, you know, I never want to see guys go out like that, just like Ben Simmons, right? Who wants to see Ben Simmons playing in the NIT? You know, you, you don't want to see that. Come to college. And I didn't get to, to see how they NIT. did this week. How did how did LSU do this past week? I didn't get to see. Oh, they lost. They lost. I think they lost uh, one one lost one. Yeah, see, that's the problem. They they're inconsistent, and the team they sometimes forget to give Ben Simmons the ball, the superstar. You know, and that, well, that's also a... he doesn't seem to make people around him better. Now it's hard to do at the four, um, but he is. I don't know. I mean, I, I want him to be Carmelo. I want him to be Danny Manning. I mean, I'm not saying ride them to a national championship, but at least ride them to the tournament, win a game, win a round, go to the Sweet 16, do something. But he probably he might not even play. I mean, and, and think about this. The SEC isn't even that strong. So let's say you win a game or two in the SEC tournament, you're still not going to be playing really high-quality teams until you get to your third or fourth game. No, you're right. It's uh, it's surprising. I, I I thought that you know, I mean, but you know, I remember last week it was that Hornsby got hurt. Once their second best player got hurt, and he's out for the rest of the season, I you know, you kind of figured that they might not, they might not, you know, make the tournament. You know, and so look, it, it happens. Sometimes great players don't make the tournament. They can easily go into NIT and win it all, and. Sometimes that's, you know, it is what it is. You, you don't like to see star players, potentially a number one pick, not even make the big dance. But, you know, well, you know, it happens. But listen, man, as we wind down, we, we got to talk some football. Tomorrow's March 1st. The franchise tag, transition tag is coming. Von Miller's deal hasn't happened yet. Brock Osweiler, uh, Kirk Cousins, some different guys. And we got to talk NFL Combine. So, first off, Tom Brady gets an extension to 2019. 
does that mean they're going to wind up trading Garofalo? Because some teams might want him. Maybe see if they can get a – they won't get that first-round pick back, but maybe see if they can get something, you know, that Belichick can move around and deal, and then they can draft the quarterback because there's actually, what, maybe eight yeah. decent quarterbacks in this draft. And maybe they draft a quarterback. You know, you know, you, you know how Belichick is. He could go ahead and, and get Cardell Jones late second, third round, surprise everybody, develop it, and then develop him, and then have the heir apparent. You know, well, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Eventually, Tom Brady's <laughs> going to retire. Eventually, they need an heir apparent, and I think that eventually is sooner than later. So you have to look at Garoppolo on tape and in practice and determine if that's your guy. Because they thought Ryan Mallett may have been the guy for a while. But they can't afford to keep him, right? They can't afford to keep him now. To 2019? That means they'd have to give him, you know, he's a free agent, they'd have to give him better dough. And you don't want to pay the backup quarterback, you know, that much. Yeah, that's true. But do you think Brady's actually playing to 2019? Or is that just salary cap management? That's only what? That's only what? 16... 17, 18, that's what, four more seasons? Yeah, Brady's playing. Where's he going? He's not getting touched. He's not getting hurt. He gets, you know, I mean, if maybe he's they retiring. actually draft some offensive no. line for him. He's retiring. I mean, when, when does he, I guess, maybe. He might maybe retire a, after 2019. Maybe it's a Peyton Manning situation where you go up until, it's like the TV show that runs one year too long. Maybe that's what all these new newfound quarterbacks, because they're not getting hit. Maybe that's what's going to happen. That you're just oh, yeah. going to do a it's going to breeze, Manning. Right, you're going to have you to go one the season too long. You go that season when you throw more interceptions and touchdowns. You go that season when if you're not at a hundred percent, and even if you are, people are rumbling about your backup starting. So maybe that's what Brady does, and he's nowhere near that right now. I mean, he's top top five MVP candidate still. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying you shouldn't be surprised that he can play four more years at how he's looking. Maybe you're right. And maybe you don't even have to start grooming. If you think he'll play to 2019, you don't even have to draft somebody this year. You can wait a year or two. You can bring a, a veteran backup. Like, bring Matt Castle back. You know what I mean? Bring in a veteran backup. And just pay the veteran. Random veteran million, million dollars. Yeah. Maybe random, two. random veteran. Pay him. And then, uh, oh, by the way, the NFL salary cap is going up, so you have more more room to pay your backup. Yeah. But they don't need to worry about this. If you truly believe he's got till 2019, then, then, then it, it could be this year's draft. But even this year's draft, you got to hold on to him for four years. Maybe it's even Aaron Rodgers sat only, quote-unquote, only sat for three years behind Brett Favre. So you're, you're you're trying to find a guy that's going to sit for four. Maybe maybe you're sitting for two. So maybe in two years you worry about Tom's back, Tom Brady's backup. Well, let's talk about what everybody's been talking about. And with the combine, it was definitely today it ended with the defensive backs. Jalen Ramsey is the story, a definite top five pick. This kid is probably the number one safety and corner. His measurables equal up to Patrick Peterson, ran a 4-4 flat. Uh, He's just a stud from Florida State. And to me, I think the draft itself, it was a slow wide receiver uh, draft. Nobody ran really fast. 
I think the fastest time was the 4-3, so Chris Johnson was safe. It was the Marshall kid from Georgia. And I got to believe that these quarterbacks are good, not great, but three will go in the first round because this league is desperate. It's going to be Wentz, Goff, and Paxton Lynch, even though people are worried because he played baseball, his shoulder. You know how they always, you know, oh, oh, there's injuries in his shoulder. You know, and it's like, oh, gosh. You know, the kid. They if find he's something a, to be worried about. Yeah, they always find, you know, and it's like they prod you and this and that. And, and I get it. You know, look, they're paying multi-million dollar contracts. They've got to, you know, make sure this and that. But sometimes they get worried about injuries that don't even exist. Look, if they were concerned about Gurley at the Combine last year, and look what he did. So, but I'll say this, I, I think the draft is going to be so fascinating to see where do the quarterbacks go? Two to Cleveland, maybe four to Dallas, maybe seven to the Niners. It looks like Kaepernick, you know, is asking for a trade and they're probably going to move him on. If you had to guess, how many quarter would it be three or would Connor Cook fall up in the first round as well? What do you, what do you talk about this quarterback class? I think this is an underwhelming quarterback class. I don't think that there's a need to rush back into the first round to pick up a quarterback. So I I think it's probably three in the first round, a couple, two, three in the next, maybe round, round and a half. So people at the back end of the draft probably don't need to get back in or, or, or trade that pick. So I think the guys that you said basically uh, are going to be the, the, the only quarterbacks, and they'll probably come off the board early. So I, you know, I don't know that between 15 and 32, you're actually going to have a quarterback taken. Do you know they said there could be 15 defensive linemen, tackles and ends, drafted in this first round, which would be, I think, a record. I mean, there's so Gotta much talent record, from yeah. Bosa to Bruckner. No Speaking expense. of Bosa, let me talk to you about Bosa. I don't know if you saw his numbers, right? But he was relatively slow. He ran a four eight six. Yeah, four eight seven. I think he wasn't. He didn't blow people away. The funny thing is, so everybody is killing him on the measurables, saying he's not explosive. His, his three cone, his whole his whole uh, program wasn't as they had expected, right? Because a month ago, Joey Bosa was number one. When he got kicked out of that bowl game, they thought he was number one, right? Yeah. However, if you look at his stats, they are exactly, but exactly J.J. Watt five years ago in the combine in terms of his size, in terms of his length, in terms of his reach, in terms of bench pressing, in terms of the, the, the cone drills, the 40 time. Exactly, J.J. Watt. So on the one hand, I'm hearing all these pundits kill him that he's not as athletic as DeForest Buckner and, and some of these other guys. You know, right. for a big guy, he was in the middle, right? He, he was. But he like, did drop back. He can. He might be able to play end and a little bit of outside linebacker like Willie McGinnis. He showed that he had that skill. Look, both is a top five pick. Now the question is really Kandichi because his stats and measurables were absurd. And you have to worry about, forget about the synthetic marijuana. You have to worry about the, on the field sometimes, he took plays off. And he didn't play up to his talent. That's what's really hard. Like, Bosa, to me, it's not hard. Tennessee can take him. 
You know, um, the Chargers. Well, they're somebody. saying they're saying because of his measurables, he's going to drop. And I'm thinking, I mean, if you thought he was JJ Watt a month ago, why isn't he JJ Watt now? Sometimes that combine, I tell you what, man, people people get crazy on the combine. No, but, no, they, you got to go back to the tape. You got to go yeah, back to Dici, the tape. I mean, it smells like. You know what's well, you know who's like going to be Dave, number one, Ray. It smells like the Davian Clowney all over again. You know, the physical. The tackle from Mississippi is going to be number one. Tom, Thomason, he's going to be number one. That kid, I don't know. He didn't oh, run, Tom but Tom when the, I saw the, him the in the drill. Yeah, the lineman from Ole Miss, Thomason, he's a beast. Did you see him? He's a dancing Tom bear. Tom yeah, yeah. Tom he's Tom, got, sorry. well. His, his footwork is incredible. Exactly what you need if you want to protect your quarterback. Prototype. So is is this going to be one of those drafts like we have three, four years ago? Remember when they had to run on offensive linemen? But this is going to be run on defensive linemen. But maybe yeah. at the top of the draft, there's going to be an offensive lineman. Cause well, Marcus you've got to protect Mariota, right? That offensive line was horrible truth, last year. You know? The only thing is, I mean, he's got to be special if yeah. you are going to use the number one overall pick on him. But he's a left tackle, and, he, and you've got to protect Mariota. If you don't get him, and, and think about it, you, you improve so much because you can move Taylor Lewan to right tackle. You, so you're getting two Plus positions same, by yeah. doing that. I mean, to me, I've got to do that. It helps the running game and helps Mariota. You've got to do that because the defense is so deep. You, you know, you're picking what? No, there's only 31 picks, so you're picking 33 in the second round. You can go ahead and scoop up a good defensive player right there. And free agency, there's going to be some defensive guys. What if you can steal Malik Jackson from Denver? Go pay him. Ah, you like that. Come no, on. No, I, I, can't, I can't argue with no, that. The other thing is, when you think about it, and we got to end on this note, but yes. the other thing is, if you don't take him, who is your next best player, right? This is not a draft where you've got franchise-altering players at the top of the draft. You've got a lot of really good guys, guys that make may make all-star teams, may become all-pro, but you don't look at this and you're like, I, I'm scared to leave that franchise-altering guy on the table. Now, there, there always are going to be franchise-altering people who come out of the draft, but right now when you look at the draft board, you don't really think, hmm. I think this is- Ramsey and Ezekiel Elliott are special. And if I was the really? Cowboys, if I was the Cowboys with that offensive line, I'd take Zeke Elliott. Number four. four. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's the next Adrian Peterson, that's fine. But if he's anything short of that, number four for a running back is really, really high. Unless you're going defense, I'll give him a shot. Well, they wanted to get your boy from Oregon, Buckner. If he's there, yeah. or both will be there. One of those two will be there. Well, no, and, and I can't argue with that because they're not going to bring back your boy Hardy, and Gregory's out four games. So the Hardy experiment looks like it's over, Rick. Yeah, let him go. Let him go. Yeah. Move on. So we'll, we'll talk NFL, and when we come back on, on Friday, we'll update the franchise tags and everything. I, I'm sure Kirk Cousins might get that transition tag. And a couple other guys. Every year, it's like a handful from four to seven guys get tagged. This year, I'd say probably be three to five. So it'll be interesting to see who gets tagged. Uh, maybe Alshon Jeffrey. They don't want him to go. So I think they tagged him already last night, yesterday. Oh, did they tag Jeffrey? Yeah, I figured they yeah. would. Okay. 
Okay, so there you go. There's one right there. And and I and I, you know, expect that. So but listen, next Monday this time, we'll be talking free agency, March seventh. This is my favorite time of year, college hoops and free agency in the NFL. So, oh man, and, if, and if we could have NBA Summer League wrapped into there, you'd be all over well, it. Listen, <laughs> don't don't knock it to you. You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna make you one summer. We're gonna meet up, fly to Vegas, and actually go see the Summer League live. And then you will I'm never. Sure I love it. I mean, look, I love basketball. So of course, I Summer know, League, I love, love it. My only thing is, don't you know get it twisted. Are fighting. Yo, they're fighting for jobs, yo, for their life. <laughs> it's not just the first-round pick guys. It's the other guys, the second-round guys, the guys that have been going to Europe, you know, the guys on the team that are trying to increase their role on the, on the roster and the rotation, the Aaron Gordons who are there in second or third year. It's, it's fun. Oh, it's fun. I love it. I love it. Listen, great show. We'll be back Friday. Everybody stay safe. Hug your little ones and enjoy some sports this week. And thanks for listening. We are out. Get better soon, Jack. Thanks, thanks. Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.